If you're hearing my voice, you are listening to Sunday School Bonanza, where we bring you great gospel doctrine lesson overviews so that you can have a better gospel doctrine experience and not just be a wallflower, but make the gospel a participatory experience for you. This has been brought to you by This Week in Mormons. Goodbye. Not, hi, Bill. <laughs> hey, Jeff. I'm glad that didn't end because I had a couple of things to share. No, we're just trying to keep the time down a little bit I got more. You. But we're, going uh, short. we're on lesson 16. Thou shalt offer up thy sacraments upon my holy day. Guess what this might be about? The sacrament and holy days. Yep. The Sabbath, everybody. The Shabbat. The Shabbat. A lot of great stuff here. And of course, but we talk about the Lord establishing the Sabbath. And the question, of course, why did he do it way back in the Old Testament in Genesis and Exodus? Why the Sabbath? Why? Because it was a day of remembrance, a day to go to synagogue as the Jews developed, a day to pay your respects, to uh, to set apart a day from the world and from your, your worldly troubles and work. Namely because it reflects, of course, the creative periods, and on the seventh mm-hmm. day, they rested. The Sabbath was Saturday, originally. Yep. This was another one of those mosaic law things that a lot of Jewish people struggled with during the meridian of time, because then all of a sudden, after Christ... Uh, the apostles started holding their meetings uh, on Sundays. And uh, and because of that, they shifted it to Sunday because the Lord resurrected on a Sunday. Obviously, he was crucified on a Friday, three days mm-hmm. later, yada, yada, yada. So, um, also, I've never fully figured that out. If you crucified on a Friday. They counted both days when they did the three days thing. Yeah, because so you're like... Friday, Friday is day one, Saturday right. is day two, really, Sunday is day three. It's really only like two and a half days yeah. later or something, but whatever. It's all about how you count it. So anyway, um, and that's why we have the Sabbath today. So in this lesson, we're going to be just talking about the things of the Sabbath, why they're important, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it's based in uh, uh, section 59 of the Doctrine and Covenants, which is revelation about the Sabbath day and offering up sacraments to the Lord about worship generally. Um, so the lesson focuses appropriately on how we worship now and how we should observe the Sabbath day in our time and our dispensation. And the lesson uh, goes on to talk about how we should worship in our Sunday church meetings. You know, there's whenever you talk about the Sabbath, you're going to talk about going to church, you're going to talk about uh, doing the sacrament, you're going to talk about resting, and uh, probably you're going to talk about blessings, and that's how the lesson is laid out. Um, but as we talk about our church meetings, you know, we come together uh, and and we are taught that President Hinckley, there's a great quote from him that says, every sacrament meeting ought to be a spiritual feast and a time of spiritual refreshment. So then, you know, the lesson just really goes through different ways to make that happen in your Sunday church meetings, like making sure that you sing the hymns with everybody else, that you prepare for your gospel doctrine lesson. And he's not even intentionally plugging us, but that's that's how it ends up uh, seeming. Well, that really, no, but that is like the reason why we did this show, because yeah. we don't prepare, and we should. Yeah, so if you prepare, if you listen to this, or if you otherwise prepare for your classes, um, it, it provides a more reverential tone. And I certainly see this uh, right now. I'm, I'm, uh, I have a calling in the Sunday school, and there are some members of the ward who I can just tell prepare and they read, and they come, come away from Sunday school, from gospel doctrine class, really having had spiritual experiences, and we talk about it after the class. And the people that don't prepare, some of them have good spiritual experiences, some of them don't. But the ones that prepare are almost guaranteed every week to have some great insight for their lives or some new understanding of the Scriptures because they've prepared, and they feel closer to the Lord. And that's the kind of remembering and worship through dedicating our thoughts that we should do on the Sabbath day. And we should also, you know, we should sing together, do our meetings. Um, So... You know we can't be we can't be perfectly reverent, but I think it's helpful. There, there's a great story in here from President Hinckley, and 
anybody who has served a mission will know exactly what he's talking about. He talks about bringing some uh, investigators to church and being, you know, sort of nervous about how they were experiencing the church. Were they liking it? Were they not? And the thing that he focuses on in the story is about reverence. And he says um, that he was in a branch that was pretty, you know, very social with each other, as, as Mormons often are. And he says, on one occasion, we invited a family uh, that they had met while they were tracting. And the family came, and just to paraphrase the story, family came and knelt to, uh, to pray in one of the rooms while all the members were busy talking and chatting and socializing in the hall. And later, after that church experience, they went over to talk to uh, the family, Elder Hinckley and his companion, and the family said how disappointed they were that the church wasn't a more reverent, worshipful place. And I think that's something, you know, it's kind of interesting, maybe uh, get, get your thoughts, Jeff, on this, like, we go to church and we're so glad to see the other Mormons because we like them. You know, they're they're our friends, they're our neighbors, they're people that we see regularly, and we want to catch up with them. How can we, um, without sort of denying the fact that we enjoy seeing each other, how can we keep it a sufficiently reverent and worshipful place that that people will feel like they've come to church when they come to church? Yeah, and it's great that you mentioned that. You and I have both been in the single scene in D.C., yeah. for example, where it's a zoo afterwards, you know, yeah. and it's like— what about what happened to the spirit of the meeting? But um, I think that the most important thing is if we focus on the reason why we are there, and we'll talk a little bit more about this. Why are we coming to sacrament? To feel the spirit, to partake of the sacrament. If we prepare ourselves and come and are seated five minutes beforehand and we listen to prelude music and get ourselves in that place, if everybody did that, we would have meetings that would have a completely different tone as they started. It would not be the bishop frantically getting up two or three minutes after the hour, yeah. trying to start a meeting, hoping that the people settled down. It would be people prepared to start on time and feel the spirit. And God is a God of order. Things happen. He's also a very patient God. Sure enough. But there's a reason why we have these these schedules and structures so that we can uh, do these things and respect the Lord. Something that has struck me when I've been to, uh, I've attended services and other faiths, and, uh, you know, there are those that are less reverent, sometimes of the more evangelical variety, and those that are a bit more of all about the pomp and such, mm-hmm. like uh, old old world religions, if you will, right? Yeah. Catholicism, what have you, a lot of Protestant denominations. But I have felt sometimes when I've been in their meetings, I've appreciated sort of, not, it's not somber, but the reverence they do bring to it. Yeah. And of course, I as a Latter-day Saint can say, well, I wish they had the priesthood. Wouldn't it be great if they had some of this other understanding? Yeah. But I appreciate that their patrons take it a little bit more seriously. And honestly, that's what it is. We are a social people, but sometimes we need to take a step back and say, and ask ourselves, are we going to church for the social element and to have fun like a teenager? Or are we going because we want to genuinely develop just a stronger spiritual side and a stronger relationship with the Lord, which doesn't come easy. It takes time and nobody's perfect. I'm, I'm, I'm not casting the stones here. I mean, no, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a tough thing to do. And especially because unlike those other churches, we don't segregate all of our little children who make a lot of noise into a separate soundproof bin exactly. during our worship services. I, would, I mean, I've been to the, some of our church buildings that have the the mother's rooms that right. are actually on the side of the chapel with a, yeah, with yeah. a window. I wish we just made that a common practice because then That'd I would cool. let all the moms go in these soundproof rooms, have the audio on, still see the meeting, yeah, and everyone wins. Yeah. I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'm okay if they spend our 10% on that. I'd be fine with that too. Yep. I mean, for goodness sake. So one of the other things we do, of course, is we pay devotions by partaking of the sacrament. Um, the sacrament is fascinating because through it, what do we do? We talk about this a lot. We renew our covenants with the Lord. We throw that language out there a lot. But what does that mean? It means 
and correct me if I'm wrong, but it means, of course, the baptismal prayers that we find primarily in First and Moroni, but later in the Doctrine and Covenants, reflect that which happens, especially in the Book of Mosiah. Mm-hmm. What we covenant to do when we when we are baptized is very similar to what we covenant uh, through the sacrament. And the reason we do this is is through when we are pure in heart, when we are repentant. And we do these things, we renew our covenants, and, and we set off for another week. And Bill and I were talking about this beforehand because I've, I've heard people talk about as if taking the sacrament itself sort of purifies us or forgives mm-hmm. our sins. And it's not quite, and I've wondered where the balance is, and I think Bill put it best, that, and I hope I'm not misquoting you here, but, but more in the sense that as we repent of our sins, because we can only be baptized once, the sacrament sort of stands in in that sense of a sanctifying experience that we have to renew the commitment we make to the Savior. And, of course, as we repent of our sins, it all kind of works in tandem. In a sense. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's faith, repentance, baptism before you remember the church, and it's faith, repentance, sacrament after you remember the church. Exactly. And the other big reason why, of course, is because we have the sacrament, because actual sacrifices by the shedding of blood were completed through the mm-hmm. atonement of the Savior. Another mosaic thing that went out the window uh, at the time uh, of the Savior's ministry and that's a, hugely symbolic that Christ himself, when he finally came down and said, look, for thousands of years, you have been offering animal sacrifices because of what you believed would come in the form of a mm-hmm. Messiah. I have come, and now you can stop this. Yeah. And now instead, take of my, take of my body, take of my blood, mm-hmm. symbolically. We don't believe in transubstantiation, but right. take of that and remember me always. Yeah. Um, but Bill, I mean, what do you think? How can we better prepare for the sacrament? Just as we talk about preparing for the Sabbath, what can we do to more, better appreciate the sacrament? Because I do worry that offhand, and I've been there many times in my life, it's just one of the things we do in our meeting. Yeah, we all but it's, have. But it's not like we, we, and we say sometimes, you know, you might see the guy who's running it, the meeting, say, now we'll prepare for the most important part of our meeting, right. the sacrament. But do we really internalize that? Are we there for that? Well, I think it, you know, it goes back to what you were saying earlier about um, the, you know, the, rep- the remission of our sins and seeing the sacrament as the culmination of a process of faith and repentance. Like, if you come to church uh, having, you know, having expressed your faith in God and having tried to have faith in God that you and and in the atonement that you can be forgiven and having repented of your sins, and you see the sacrament as itself both as an opportunity to basically finish that process of repentance and to be. Uh, readmitted into that covenant relationship, that purified relationship with Christ, you know, you're going to prepare for it differently and you're going to see it as the culmination of a larger effort rather than just something that we have to do before we get to hear uh, people give talks. So I think that's one thing is actually repenting of your sins will make the sacrament much more meaningful for you. Um, And then, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no. And and I was going to say, it's funny when I thought about what you were saying right there, the talks, I think oftentimes... I've many times gone to church and felt that the sacrament's sort of like like the wall and we or whatever. That's the doorway. Mm-hmm. We go through that and then we get to the what the bulk of our meeting is, which is the talk portion. Yeah. It almost feels like we lead up to the sacrament and then it's like the talks. And oftentimes we should realize the talks should be supplemental to the sacrament, not the other way around. Yeah, but, I had a I had a stake president once and I thought this was really interesting. He said he'd never get away with it, but he he wished that once a quarter we could get together, have a hymn and a prayer and then administer the sacrament, and then have a hymn and a prayer, and go home. Just to remind us that that's really the, the main, if not the only reason, that we should be coming together is to partake of this ordinance and to renew its centrality in our worship. 
It's kind of funny though because uh, with a lot of Hurricane Sandy relief stuff, they've come close to that actually. Yeah. Inten- I mean, yeah, it's just attending church and pretty much doing the sacrament, and then getting out of there and going and working. And so, yeah. and that's another one of the great things on the Sabbath. Oh, this leads in perfectly to the last section. Yeah, you know, resting the, from our labors. What are we doing? Resting from our labors. So uh, it doesn't it doesn't mean being idle. We know that. Um, there's a lot of personal interpretation here as far as what people do and what they what they don't do. We're generally encouraged not to work if possible, if circumstances allow. And for people who are working on Sunday, uh, we're encouraged to exercise faith in trying to find a another position if if we possibly can to uh, allow us to worship on Sunday and. Of course, uh, even more uh, more than that, to allow us to observe the Sabbath day by not having to work at all, not just yeah. during church hours. So that's one part of it. There's also just, you know, we need to change what we're doing. And um, that doesn't mean being idle. And that's exactly, you know, when you talked about the Sandy volunteers, that's, that's just right. People came together, they went, uh, they did the sacrament, but then they went right back out and they were engaged in very heavy labor. And, uh, and I had some bruises on my forearms uh, afterwards to to show that it was heavy labor, but, uh, but you, you know, you were doing good and doing good on the Sabbath day is okay. And, and we, there's a great quote from, uh, President Kimball that we often hear on Sabbath lessons. The Sabbath is a holy day in which to do worthy and holy things. Abstinence from work and recreation is important, but insufficient. The Sabbath calls for constructive thoughts and acts. And if one merely lounges about doing nothing on the Sabbath, he is breaking it. Um, and he goes on. So we we should we should be worshiping God. We should be visiting those who need uh, help. We should be studying the gospel. We should be communing with the Lord. Um, and all of that will fill up your day. And so there's really no room for the things of the rest of the week, uh, including our, our labors. That's funny because I think we often joke that Sundays wind up being our busiest day of the week if you right. have you know intensive calling. In it. But, but that's fine because that's what the Lord wants us to do. And uh, I've really appreciated that... Uh, you know, I had a mom who raised us pretty well to try to appreciate the Sabbath day. Mm-hmm. Not perfect. We'd still come home and like watch MTV or something like that. Right. So it wasn't perfect. It was more raised in the sense of what of that from which to abstain as opposed to what yeah. to seek. And I've had to learn more of that. But uh, but it is important to abstain from those things because, like you said, it's not recreation. There's a great story from uh, Elder L. Tom Perry when he talks about being raised by his father and they'd go on vacation at a lake and water ski. But on Sunday, they would sit down, have a church service, and they wouldn't mm-hmm. go out on the lake again. And Elder Perry was concerned that too many of us feel like when we're on vacation, when we have these little exceptions here and there, that it doesn't matter. As Bill said, there is personal interpretation. There are times when you have to buy something on Sunday or what have you. Mm -hmm. But I also don't think we should take it lightly. Like there's real value. It's not that we don't buy things on Sunday just because it forces somebody else to work. Right. It's because we have a certain reverence for setting it apart as a different day from the Lord where we don't engage in like the trades of man, so to speak. Yeah. Um, And to supplement that... Uh, this might be borderline apocryphal. I don't know. But uh, I Uh-oh. was in a conference where Uchtdorf was speaking when I was mm. living in Britain. Yeah. And he, I don't, I don't remember any of the context of what was going on. But he whipped out his credit card and said, I don't need this on Sunday. And he was very much talking about just like e-commerce and stuff like that. Yeah. And I leave it to the listeners to decide what is best for them. Right. But ever since then, I've really pondered like, do I need to like buy this airfare on Sunday? Do I need to buy these things on Amazon? Or can it just wait till Monday or not? Yeah, and it's that's yeah. I think that's very much a, a personal thing to figure out, but uh, it's something that made me think anyway. Well, so. and it kind of you know it 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 goes to whether you're viewing the Sabbath, uh, it, whether you're defining it negatively, like here's the list of things I should not do on the Sabbath, exactly, or if you're viewing the Sabbath as a positive thing of here here are the blessings that I want, 
And, uh, and so I'm going to do the things that will produce those blessings, like being worshipful, taking time off from the week. I mean, it's good for your mental health for crying out loud, but, (laughs) but it's also good because it, you know, you can really commune with the Lord. And if you actually value that, if you really value being close to him, the Sabbath is a unique opportunity to do a lot of things that will make that happen for you. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if, if you're viewing it as an opportunity rather than an obligation, um, I think you get exactly. a lot more out of it. Well, and it's like anything else. The Lord, there are things that are proscribed and things that are prescribed for yep. us on, on in any level of commandments, and the Sabbath is no different. But like you said, there are many blessings, and DNC 59 yep. is full of the blessings of the yeah, Sabbath. Yeah, there's uh, just in that section where it talks about the blessings, it'll, it'll say if you keep yourself unspotted from the world, then uh, in verse 13 it talks about, uh, your joy, your fasting uh, will be perfect, and your joy will be full. It talks about uh, if you do all, if you observe the Sabbath with thanksgiving and a cheerful heart, like we were saying, positively instead of negatively, uh, then the fullness of the earth is yours. I mean, that's a huge promise, and it, it describes the Lord describes the beasts of the field and fowls of the air, um, herbs and the good things which come of the earth whether for food or for raiment or houses or barns or orchards or gardens or vineyards, yea, all things which come of the earth in the season thereof are made for the benefit and the use of man, both to please the eye and to gladden the heart. And if you, and that's that's the end of that uh, thing, but you know, you're tempted to add on there, and if you observe the Sabbath properly, all that, all that can be yours and more. So there's uh, plenty of blessings available. Yeah, so we just encourage you, Actively seek how you can make the Sabbath a, a more special day. You know, whatever it may be, do more good, resist other temptations to just do things that don't pertain to the Sabbath. And we're promised we'll see a huge difference in our lives. And I think the more we tune ourselves into to what the Lord wants for us, the more we don't see the Sabbath as any kind of a sacrifice, right? whether we are young or old. Habits are hard to break. I mean, that's the, that's the nature of, uh, of this mortal experience. But as we do those things, I know that the Lord will bless us. I can testify of that. I've, I love the Sabbath day, not just because it's a day of rest, but because it's a day to just seek after the Lord. And that's wonderful. Yeah. So, Bill, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me. Nice to have you. This has been Lesson 16. Thou shalt offer up thy sacraments upon my holy day. Find us at thisweekinmormons.com and say hello. Shoot us an email, contact at thisweekinmormons.com. We'll talk to you later, and we hope that you have a good Sabbath day. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. Assalamu alaikum. Bye-bye.